Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a roundtable conversation about all things pop culture with members of the But Why Though writing staff. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined this week by Suara. Hello. And Adrian. Hey, how's it going? Uh, and this week, we are talking about exciting and enjoyable stuff. We wanted to do um, a palate cleanser is maybe the wrong word, because um, I do think that everything we talked about last week is something that needs to be held seriously and thought about. Uh, but we wanted to do something a little bit more uplifting, a little bit more positive. So we decided to talk about the things that we're excited about, the things that are um, getting us through and the things that we're enjoying. It's sort of a show and tell, um, just with a, a focus on what we love. But before that, we are going to get into the news as always. Uh, this time, the category I had to put this all under was streaming shenanigans, for lack of a better term. Uh, the first big thing is um, that Disney has officially or is officially buying out all of Hulu and they're buying it out earlier than originally planned. Uh, when they purchased um, Fox, I think they got two thirds stake in Hulu and Comcast, I believe, or Xfinity has the last third. And that was supposed to be bought out no earlier than January 2024. Uh, but that move is going forward now. Um, so with this, I think the big concern is what's going to happen to that content is all of the you know stuff that Xfinity or Comcast was supplying. I think it was NBC Universal content is what was on Hulu. There's a question of where that's going to go or if they'll continue to funnel it to Hulu. Um, how do you guys feel about this overall? I mean, I'll just go ahead and say, I think this was in the making, as you mentioned, this was going to happen for a while. It's really unsurprising. And as to what is going on to Hulu, as well as um, NBC Universal's own streaming service, Peacock, they've done that with several series, particular, particularly animated series, such as Dragons and Nine Realms, yep. Fright Crew, which is, by the way, is a great show, just got renewed for a second season, um, still be on Peacock. So, like, listen, I'm just going to say, I know Peacock, like, seems like the joke of streaming services, but they have lots of great stuff. It's And it's fantastic and, like, at a relatively cheap price. Agreed. So. But yeah, like Disney buying Hulu, honestly, unsurprising. Obviously, it's bad, um, you know, like in terms of Disney's monopolization. But mm -hmm. I will say it's not something that particularly worries me because just looking at the last few years or last year, Disney has been hemorrhaging money and there have been yeah. very active talks about them selling assets such as selling ABC and I mean, yes, this is an acquisition technically, but they already had a majority stake. So I don't mm -hmm. see it as that bad, to be quite honest. And I think that the news that they are selling whole assets, that's good. And hopefully they're smaller because they shouldn't have all that power. I mean, it sucks that it's not through the uh, antitrust laws that they're doing this. But yeah. I just, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it, to be quite honest. That makes sense. I, I would hope that they would see the strength of having um, a, a secondary brand name. I mean, the way that movie studios will release things under different production companies based on the image of the movie. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Disney actually does maintain Hulu as a separate thing instead of just bankrolling it deeper into Disney+. Plus. I've actually heard that they want to combine the services, but... Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I've heard that That like, seems like the times. opposite move to me, but... I don't know. I don't run Disney, so what do I know? <laughs> Who knows what's going on behind the vault? Yeah. Uh, Adrian, any strong feelings on that? Uh, you know, at this point, man, as long as I can get my next day TV on Hulu and I can watch like my animation domination style TV shows on Hulu, I don't care who owns them. All right. I have fair. The stuff that I need to watch. That's 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 what I care about. I mean, and then they they've it's been in like source has been in the making for a while, so it's not super super surprising. Yeah, as long as they don't gut the app and like take away like the things that I have Hulu for. As I, long as they don't pull an HBO. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the things I we watch on Hulu are you know like Oimers on the building or other FX series like um which I still need to start um uh what's it called uh what we do in the shadows or reservation oh, it's such a good one yeah like these are all fx hulu disney owned it's like that's yeah. what mm -hmm. people mainly go to hulu for so it doesn't really feel like that different and like the series that go on to peacock i watch on peacock anyway so you know so, yeah yeah for sure yeah 
Um, and also speaking of HBO, the other big thing I saw. So if you had HBO Max and then you were rolled over to Max once they rebranded, uh, you had access to 4K to HDR to Dolby Atmos streaming, and they are pretty soon here booting everybody off of that. And you will need to bump up to the next high or to the highest plan, which is I think four dollars a month more to get access to those things, which I already don't like companies paywalling streaming quality that feels insane at this point um but taking it away from people that you grandfathered in i think less than a year ago is that right um feels you know particularly greedy but thoughts hot takes hbo max is the worst app of any of these streaming services how many iterations do you have to go through and your app is still bad i i just don't get how they have this much money and they're still pulling stuff like this when there's yeah. other things that they need to improve on in their app. There's some times where I can't even play um, stuff on my Xbox because the whatever audio thing is that goes on in HBO Max or in Max's thing doesn't agree with my soundbar. And it's only with Max, not with any other thing. And I've looked at it and I've Googled it and it's a known issue. It's a known issue. The, the app is busted. So them taking money away from other people and like getting, being greedy and taking more money. It's crazy to me because their app is still as bad as it was when it was on like HBO go or whatever, like that original streaming service was. Yeah. It's like, it's an ongoing saga, you know, like I'm the warrant. You know, I, yeah, you know, Adrian, like I love, the stuff that is on max slash HBO max, the most of mm-hmm. any streaming services. Like I'm a Warner brothers fan since I was a toddler. Like I'm full on WB, like in terms of the content they own, like that's what I go for, mm-hmm. but I can't defend just how messy the app has been from day one. I do understand that it actually did used to be, because it's sort of confusing because HBO and it was actually, I think a reason for the change from HBO max to max. So, um, HBO in its various iterations wasn't a streaming service. It was a channel subscription, including in the way it was on the app. But then when Mm -hmm. they changed it to max, that was a way to make it a standard streaming service and also, like, mm-hmm. in some of the fucked up stuff we know about with um, the Writers Guild and um, the Actors Guilds, uh, they could then, the companies could then pay creatives less as it was, a quote-unquote, a streaming service for the residuals of playing on those. So it's been, like, this ongoing saga. But you're also right, just, like, basic functionality, <laughs> you know, is what, which is what we need and... I think it's gone a little bit better in that sense, at least in my end. But with this latest news that they're going to start charging more for what we've already been paying for is just customers are going to hate it. I, I don't know how this is going to affect their user base. It just like, I know for myself, like, again, I'm like a WB stooge. So I'm just going to probably Mm -hmm. still pay some of the four extra dollars a month, but it's just, but also adrian you did why say, why are you doing it you know because i love you know, it yeah point. i love this stuff the, I seen, I seen, no, no 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 not you not oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. like why does it, like why does hbo do this because i'm the same way like all these right. streaming services all have stuff that i watch mm-hmm. you know so i can't like not do it or i'm gonna go back to pirating i'm so right. close oh i'm right. so close <laughs> it's I'm i mean that that so is increasing the sentiment because when everybody is upping it two three four dollars mm-hmm. You know, a couple times a year. When you don't, when you don't have to. When you don't have to. And, and, yeah, and, and it's it's, it's harder yeah. to justify. Yeah, and the thing is, it's just like, they are, WB like Disney, well, WB hat, WBD, I should say, has, as Disney, as Disney is starting to now, been hemorrhaging money, especially since the merger. And mm-hmm. they're putting, and you know, like we also know that in the latest deal that was struck with the writers, you know, writers are getting better residuals. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's just that, where that money should be coming from is the executives who are hoarding all of this wealth. Instead, they're still mm-hmm. putting it on the customers. It all goes back to this horrible capitalist structure we have. Sorry, I know this is going to be a lighter episode, but like, you know, if we're going to get down yeah. to it. No, it's it, like this is all capitalism. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. These execs won't like and take it, a pay cut. 
And and it's frustrating because there, I mean, perpetual growth is an unrealistic model in basically every industry. Um, but with streaming, I think it's that I'm watching a lot of these platforms get actively worse in terms of the content that they're offering or their app performance or, you know, algorithms. And um, I mean, it's a small one, but the way the Netflix refuses to leave movie posters as the movie posters and they're constantly a B testing to see what you'll click on makes it harder to find what you're looking for. If you're just cruising around based on visuals, the fact that I have to constantly relearn where my list of things I want to watch is being kept on each of these services, um, Netflix more than any of them, but all of them. Um, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm having less and less of a good time while they're trying to raise the price more and more. My like conspiracy theory is that stranger things five isn't out because they know that they're going to have a mass exodus after that. Cause I feel like for a lot of people, that's the last Netflix exclusive they're really, really into. Um, but that could just be me projecting. Cause I feel like once that shows out, I might be done with Netflix for a bit until something else good comes out. Yeah. That's, I think that's where I'm at too. For a lot of this, it's just so expensive. It's just too expensive. The world's too expensive to pay for $20 for Netflix. Yep. I think it was a Sony pretty smartly pinned early on that it is cheaper to license your movies or it's more lucrative to license your movies to other streaming services than to have your own streaming service. And that's why there is not a Sony streaming. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and sorry, you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. people, people dog on Peacock, but I feel like that's where the better, (laughs) you know, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Mainly, mainly because when I'm using it, I'm like, Oh, I'm not paying a bunch of money for this. Just five bucks, five, (laughs) six bucks. It's great. Uh, I will yeah. also say, uh, yeah, it's just like the streaming bubble, as we've been saying for like a year now, it's burst. Um, it's increasingly like untenable, unsustainable as again, like as writers and hopefully soon actors will be paying what the, will be paid what they're worth in terms of like the stream residuals, in terms of what customers are paying if the capitalist structure of these corporate execs, like taking in as much wealth as possible, that stays, mm-hmm. it's just like, it doesn't make sense to keep them, keep the uh, streaming services priced as they are. Other, they're already mm-hmm. like causing just as much as cable. It's just that it seems like everyone saw what Netflix was doing and was like, okay, we got to get on this. We got to have our own streaming service, get customers away. But did they literally didn't think of, like the um consequences of what that would mean for their own you know like payment structures and that that's that's how we're in this mess as customers we've lost mm-hmm. uh honestly business executives even they like to some degree have lost even though they're hoarding all the wealth and creatives have massively massively lost out in the system which is what part of why we need the strikes, which was great, which is a great step forward. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, how is this going to come back on the customer? And yeah, it's bad. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Not looking forward to it. Um, but what I am looking forward to is other stuff. So let's transition over to that. Um, we all wrote down a couple of things we want to talk about that we're excited about. Um, anybody feeling particularly strong about going first? I can go ahead. What's giving me so much joy right now is uh, right now, I will actually just watch it before this recording. Uh, I watched the penultimate episode of Doom Patrol season four. The finale will be next week. And I made a list for But Why, though. I want to say about a year, year and a half ago about the 10 best live action superhero series. And Doom Patrol is number one. This show has. It's so good. So good. This show has everything spectacular acting uh remixes on the superhero structure just Mm -hmm. rated r hilarity and drama and the acting oh my god and just like all the actors are a plus on their game but diane guerrero she is very good she is one of the best actors of her generation like incredible as jane and you know, it's funny, like when the news came out that this would be the fourth season, I was very, the fourth and last season, I was very at peace with that. I was like, you know what? Oh, same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it needs to go on for too long, which I also love are my favorite yes. series as well, like Avatar Last Airbender, only three seasons. Mm-hmm. And 
for the story. I'll absolutely buy a box set if this comes if that comes out. Oh yeah, like I already have the first uh the the uh, first three season Blu-rays, and I'm like looking forward to season four being done. So I get so I can hold on to this series forever as long as possible. I love it so much. It's just. Mm -hmm. When people say they want something different from superhero stories, it is Doom Patrol. It's this. It's this. It's exactly this. Just like, again, spectacular writing, acting, like story arcs. It's weird. I love how weird Mm -hmm. it is. And this is a series that will stay with me forever. It's one of my top series of all time. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's if, on if Max on the think... on the rather uh, defunct app Max. <laughs> Please check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the way to explain it is like if The Boys is too cynical of a show for mm-hmm. you, but you still want something different. That's that's what this is. It, this is about like trauma and therapy and processing. Um, it's about you know family and found family, and it's it's just really good. Um, I'm also right now reading through the DC app, uh, the, when Gerard way was given the young animal imprint at DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a bit of a doom patrol revival there. And it's, I think it's 12 issues. I'm like a third of the way through it. Uh, but it's, it's really good. And it's really interesting to see. And again, it's just characters that are unconventional situations that are unconventional. Um, and it's just a very like positive, good show. So yeah, I'm glad that you brought that. That's a really good one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I will say my my superhero thing to bring to the table is I have been over like the course of a year slowly reading through My Hero Academia, um, decided to like really pick it up. And I've read like 20 issues a day for the last three days. Um, and I'm probably going to keep that up until I'm caught up. I'm like just under halfway done uh, with it. And I know that it's ending, I think, in 2024, 2025. Um, but if you haven't read it yet, um, go read it. It's It's superheroes, but... Um, I don't want to say it's like in a way that it's never been done before, because I think that that's a little bit overselling it. But the basic premise is superpowers are a lot more varied and a lot more common. And what does society look like in that context? Um, there are people with things that seem completely useless or like they work, but they're not really good for fighting crime or doing crime. They're just kind of it's just kind of there. Um and it follows a group of students who are training to be professional superheroes in the future. Um, but uh, the other thing here is I'm reading it on the Shonen Jump app, which if you don't have it, if we're going to talk like bang for your buck subscriptions, it is $3 a month and you get basically everything. Um, you want to read through Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, One Piece, My Hero, Haikyuu. Like it's it's all there. There's stuff you've never heard of on there. Um everything comes out, I think like not too late after, like it's all on a pretty solid schedule um, from when it's released overseas. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great app. I think I started a subscription like three years ago and I have never once thought about pausing it. Um, but yeah, have you guys, I mean, what have you used the Shonen Jump app and also what's your experience been with my hero? Uh, I haven't watched my hero or I'm not caught up on my hero in a while. I think it's one of those things where there's just so much content and so many things on there mm-hmm. that I'm kind of like waiting for the next oh, big yeah. finish so I can go back. Well, and I know that I'm the end. weirdo for reading it instead of watching it a little bit. No, I think that's normal. I mean, it's, yeah, it's where it's cool. got it start. Right. So I think, I think you're the normal one. I'm the lazy. It's, one. I know all, all of my friends I know who, who engage it, I think, watch it. I think very few of them read it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it seems cool. I mean, I know I had the I had the Shonen Jump Shonen Jump app for um, uh, Super. So much cool stuff was happening in Super. Yeah, that, like, so hasn't made I, its animation yet. So yeah, <laughs> I've been, like, Super li- has had my... two whole arcs, right? Between yeah. when the anime ended and where the story is now. Yeah, two pretty big arcs too. So. Really, two really <laughs> big arcs. Uh, some great character moments for Vegeta, um, and now we're on the um, Dragon Ball Super Hero movie getting its manga adaptation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all of it. I've, I like, I'm caught up on super because of Shonen jump. Yeah. I would, there's no other way I would be, um, if it wasn't for Shonen jump. So definitely bang for your buck, you know, and then they don't take your, you know, they don't give you like HD manga and then like take it away from you later. So yeah, exactly. They've never downgraded the quality. <laughs> uh, but, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, on what the do same, you I guess on the same vein of, uh, child, uh, combat, I'm really excited <laughs> for the new for the new Hunger Games movie. I know it's like so 
you know, 2012, but I think yeah. I, I mean, just, well, I, talk to me about this. Cause I, I know that a trailer came out, right. But I haven't watched yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like the, the prequel. So I guess, uh, so there's a book that came out, the, the ballad of songbirds mm-hmm. and snakes that came out in 2020. And then this is the, which is a prequel to the hunger games. And then this is going okay. to be the movie adaptation of that prequel book. Um, and it has some pretty good actors. I mean, uh, Tom Blythe, Rachel Ziegler, Peter Dinklage, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Viola Davis, uh, Viola Davis will be in it. So the the, the act the acting look looks great, and I think that um, this series specifically has like a very special place for me because when I was in high school, when when these books were coming out and and everything like that, it was a really big thing for my friend group. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to kind of jump back into this world, take me back a little bit, give me some of that bit of that little bit of nostalgia, um, and then you know, see see where it goes from there. Uh, I, I know that like the world is crazy and like this book probably like this, this, this show is probably coming out of like movies coming out of not a great time. Uh, but that nostalgia that, that comes with this for me is, is super, super great. And I'm excited to, you know, see, have my friends watch it. Us talked about it because I'm not near any of them anymore. So it's going to require us to get on a phone call, get on a FaceTime, yeah. Google beat, whatever the case is. And that's what I'm really, really looking forward to kind of uh, going through and talking about this, this series that's yeah. meant so much to uh, and- us as a friend group. This is going to be on Netflix, is that right? Uh, movies. Yeah, it's going to be in movies. theaters. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was going to be on Netflix. Oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I don't have to go, I have, I don't have um, to go spend movies, money at the movies. Uh, uh, no. November 17th, so pretty, pretty soon oh, that's, that's coming up, yeah. That's yeah, really yeah. soon. Yeah. Subscription. AMC Stubbs. <laughs> There's another one for you. I'll be using my one movie, my one of my movies for for this one for sure. This 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 episode is really about us convincing people to you know just hook themselves up to various subscriptions and and bleed their bank account dry. You're already doing it, guys. It's okay. We're there with you. You're seen. Uh, but yeah, uh, Swara, what else you got? Well, I'll just say like I've talked about it for weeks, and uh, incl- I think including on the podcast, but Assassin's Creed Mirage is giving me lots of joy right now. I've been very slow at playing. Life has been very busy, but whenever I do, just being in uh, 9th century Baghdad in such a gorgeous, beautiful setting and really showcasing, it just bears repeating, the wonderful glory of Arab and Muslim uh, civilization and how wonderful that is to see portrayed so positively. I think just basically the mm-hmm. best in literally any Western media I've ever seen. And it just sets the standard that more should do and have. And I just think like, I know we're keeping it light, but the thing is having that wonderful, positive representation while things, you know, in the world, particularly in the Arab world right now are mm-hmm. so bad. is just, it feels like a bomb, especially like in this world, which has like in Western media, which has like demonized and orientalized Arab and other Swana people mm-hmm. for so long. It just, it feels like a reaffirmation of Swana people's humanity, especially Arab humanity. So I'm like, great, mm-hmm. I agree for all of, for all of us Swana people, especially for my Arab friends and uh, people that I know. So it just, yeah it's like really nice it's just nice to see that there aren't people that that so many people who don't actually consider arabs and us other swana people as savages or something like that so yeah it's it's just like an amazing game it's just so beautiful the combat's really cool it has really Mm -hmm. cool mechanics it's just so wonderfully engrossing like any assassin's creed game is and I really do hope it's just like the start of like so many other Assassin's Creed and other games. I know, for example, Ubisoft is doing Prince of Persia, like a new Prince yeah. of Persia, which, you know, I've criticized before for not being necessarily culturally accurate. But is Ubisoft- this about Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> is this don't, about Jake Gyllenhaal? Don't get me started. Um, but ubisoft is actually putting in the work now as it did with assassin's creed mirage and having like persian iranian like consultants cool. and like it looks amazing like they're incorporating actual iranian mythology and it's just like 
yes more of this yeah which is is what you should always be yeah like striving for and doing honestly i i think the last assassin's creed game i picked up was the france one is that unity yeah that yeah, was the last I one so, i picked yeah. up but the way that people have been talking about mirage i'm like i think it's time that i get back into it yeah. like i don't need to play any of like the weird like 90 hour go capture a unicorn ones but i'll you know hop back in for this one and have a good time with it Exactly. It's just so beautiful, so wonderfully done. Yeah, I'm just glad um, to see like how much fun you're having with it. I know, like you said, it's not always not always the case. So, must be really, really good. I don't know if I'll play it because I'm I'm behind on my Assassin's Creed and video games just in general, which is why one of my things is getting back to one of my games that I need to play. But but also to, also to that point, Adrian, can I just say like I also have so many things. I have so many books, so many games. Yeah. I have so many shows. Like, there's just, just not enough time. I'm, yeah, I'm drowning in content. <laughs> but you do have yeah. the content that like resonates with you super well. Like, that's crazy. Like, if you if you told me that everything you said would make it brown, uh, my brown, the other brown, yes. I'd I'd be I'd be in it in a second, right? Like, I'd I'd be there in in that game, putting all my hours into it. So I'm glad I'm glad that you have it. it makes me happy that you have that. Uh, but also, like, I'm, now I'm imagining an Assassin's Creed set in Mexico. Like, I don't know, like... <laughs> I don't even know how that would go, but I'm here for oh, it. Oh, I'm here for it. I think that would be super cool. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they took that swing. I think that would be really interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think the bar's really low there, so, you know, you'd have to really do something crazy to not get people to go buy that one, I think. Yeah. I Well, I feel like with Assassin's Creed for a long time, everyone was like, well, they can only pick eras and locales that have like verticality and that support, you know, all the, the parkour and everything. I'm like, but then they did the American Revolution where there was like a bunch of two-story buildings and a bell tower in a town. And that was it for verticality. And if they made that work, I think they can make literally anything work. Like just the idea of tying it down to are the buildings tall enough in that era or in that region is like that's not that's not a justification at all, I think, for those games. Yeah, I don't think so either. But uh there's lots of height in, in Mexico uh that, that that they can do. So please, please, yeah. please assess creed. <laughs> I wanna be happy like Suara, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say uh, this was not on my list, but Suara talking about this made me think of it. Um, something that I've been enjoying is basically anything written by Rom V. Do you guys know him? Oh yeah, love Rom V's yeah. work. Yeah, so good. Um, I I don't enlighten me. Please. So yeah, Rom V is a British Indian comic writer. Is that correct? Uh, and he is just kind of crushing it at literally everything he tries. Uh, he's done some stuff for Marvel with uh, Venom and Carnage, I think. And then he did a pretty big, uh, I really enjoyed Swamp Thing revival um, that was 12 issues, or no, 16 issues, absolutely killer. Like, highly recommend reading it. Um, he did a Batman run that he's still doing that people absolutely lost their minds over. Uh, the Many Deaths of Layla Starr, which goes a lot into Indian mythology, which is kind of, um, Swara, what made me think of it with you talking about bringing Persian mythology into Prince of Persia. And then right now what I'm reading from him is a comic called Rare Flavors, um, which is, I'm the second issue came out, I haven't picked it up from my comic shop yet, but it's basically from the first issue, what appears to be um, a sort of deity from Indian mythology who has survived to the present day who wants to make a documentary about food. And it is that like, that's the basic premise of it, but the the themes and the ways that he weaves it are just really good and really compelling. Um, and I, again, loved his Swamp Thing run. I'm starting his Batman run pretty soon here. Um, and he's just a great writer. Absolutely. Someone to keep your eye on. Um, he's yeah, I think making big moves and has a very distinct voice and is doing a lot with it. Very cool. Um, Suara, what stuff of him have you read? Oh, I've read uh, the some issues. I still need to get caught up on the vigil, which is part of like the uh, Asian and Asian American initiative uh, at DC Comics in the last couple of months. It's so good. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's another thing I mentioned. I I'm looking at my pile. I literally probably have like 50 comics that I bought that I still need to read. <laughs> I just gotta like, get to it. Gotta get to it. I just, you know what? I appreciate this episode because it's reminding me of like just 
actually reading the stuff I bought, you know, yeah. like instead of drowning myself in the news or on social media, I think like, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I got to read my actual books. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Ron V's writing is fantastic. And just like so many comic writers, like I'll just like mention a few, like obviously, you know, uh, the wonderful, the amazing G Willow Wilson. I love her poison Ivy run so much. And just like the themes mm-hmm. and like the issues she goes into tackling with it. Just like Jeff's kiss. So good. Um, I've been thinking about this one graphic novel a lot. Um, it's called Squire by uh, Palestinian American writer, Nadia Shamas and, uh, Jordanian American uh, artist Sara Alfagi. This is basically, uh, and they said themselves, this is sort of an Avatar: The Last Airbender inspired low fantasy cool. world. So it's not necessarily like too fantastical, but it sort of takes place in alternate Swana uh, history where there's this empire, and you have like these kids who get embroiled in as squires for the empire. They learn what that really means, and it's sort of a, a uh, dis um deconstruction of like what the imperial like notion is and what we should do to Mm -hmm. dismantle it it's so good i want more from this world uh i read it like last year or like two years ago almost at this point it's just like resonating with me so much like as a kurdish person you know like talks about how like there are people marginalized within this history and even though like the character main character Isa's she's part of this um uh ethnicity called the Ornu like even though you know it's not exactly based off Kurds mm-hmm. I still felt like so represented in that and oh yeah it was just like absolutely it's just absolutely fantastic so highly recommend Squire that's like another one of my main things that everyone should read please get it from where yeah I'll, I'll have to check that one out yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many good comics out. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Yeah, really. Yeah, um, not to bring it back to video games, but BlizzCon, But at the time of we're recording this, BlizzCon is tomorrow. Um, and if you know okay. me, <clears throat> World of Warcraft is a big part of my life, so you'll probably see lots of updates on on the, the site for all the things that are coming out. But what, what I imagine will be coming out here pretty soon is is uh, World of Warcraft Cataclysm, which is the would have been the fourth expansion for World of Warcraft back in the day. For me, that's a that's a big deal for me. Something that I'm really excited about because I never got to play that expansion kind of all the way through. Um, that one came out around the time that I'm going to to college and in college and things like that. So I never got to uh, experience you know all of the wonders of that mm-hmm. with, with, with all of those things. And I've been in the same guild for three ish years now. You yeah, know they I mean? now they did like a relaunch of World of Warcraft in the last few years, right? Yeah, so they did uh, kind of like a re- not like a reboot, but like. Uh, you want to go back and experience what it was like to play World of Warcraft in 2004? Okay, and so that's uh, what this what this fourth yeah, entry so is. So they yeah, so they've done they've done classic, they've done Burning Crusade. We are currently on Wrath of the Lich King, which uh, ICC you know Ice Crown uh, Citadel just came out a couple of weeks ago. So this is about to run its course here pretty soon, which means the next expansion is likely going to be announced. Um, and after that, I don't know if they'll go much further than that, but the the yeah. expectation is that they're going to go at least to four which is uh, fun for me because I've been playing with the same people in this kind of classic realm of World of Warcraft for about yeah. three years now. Uh, we've, I've, gotten, I've done guild meetups with them you know, in Vegas. I, I hang out with them you know, outside. So really, really cool to just kind of have that consistency in my life mm-hmm. and hoping that it continues on with some really fun updates for Cataclysm here pretty soon. Yeah, and it, I think it's a fun way to address kind of the problem of online games. Um, that you know get updated and get changed and you can never go back to what it was before unless you know someone who's like somehow running a server for it so having them kind of acknowledge that history and bring back parts of it and um redo things and let people like tap back into it is really fun i think yeah it's been really really good Uh, as because i as because i've at this point i'm up to the part where i i basically stopped playing because of like real life so everything now feels new it's been out forever but you know it's just it's new to me. I, I don't know. What does that mean? Is that, is that a Simpsons reference? No, uh, it's new to me is, um, is that Family Guy? Is that the, if I haven't seen it, it's new to me with Charles Manson in might, jail. Might Adrian, yeah, you be. unlocked something that I didn't realize I knew in my brain. <laughs> and I hate well. that. But that's what it is. Yeah. 
yeah, so it, it, it's all new to me, and it's all due to a lot of the people in the guild because we kind of range in the same kind of age group. So we're kind of all like in the mm-hmm. same boat. So it's nice to kind of be in the same boat with someone, learning, doing things, um, and just really, cool. really great escapism for me. Nice, that's exciting. Swar, do you have anything else? I feel like we're going like we're burning through these kind of quick, but yeah, what what else are you excited about? There's a lot we're enjoying, and I'll keep it in the video game space. There's a video game that just came out today. It's called now. I've it's been on my radar for a while. I I first heard about when we interviewed Nadia Shamas on our podcast, The Middle Geeks. So she's part of the writing staff for a game that just came out today. It's called it's it's such a unique game. It's called Thirsty Suitors. Now, if you ever watched, I've heard of that. Yeah. Now, if you ever watched um, Nita Manzor's Polite Society, you know it's focused on Desi uh teenagers or like young women in the west and you know like has sort of a punk vibe or her in her series that we are lady parts it's sort of similar to that it's basically it is a dating game sort of a dating sim uh but you're also fighting the suitors in sort of a really comedic way it's just like it's a really unique experience and it's so fun it's so colorful it's about uh, you know, this Sri Lankan American family that is mm-hmm. uh, based, I think, somewhere in California. And the daughter is coming home after a few years after she's like disappointed, like her family and like pissed off a lot of her exes. And I'm only an hour into it, but there's a lot of story in there. And it's a whole like Desi uh, South Asian uh, creative team led along with Nadi Shamas again amazing Palestinian American writer as part of the writing staff. And she's mentioned she's w- was able to bring a bit of Palestine into the game as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's just so fun and lively. Again, I'm only an hour into it, but I feel like I'm going to keep having a lot of fun with this one. So yeah, I definitely recommend that. I just got on my switch today. Oh, no. okay. So it's on switch. That's it's on all the platforms. Available, it's, then. it's on every, all the platforms okay yeah you yeah. love to see it's that a, that's awesome yeah, it's an indie game like on everywhere so yeah all right um my other thing actually or one of my things you mentioned earlier as something that you have not yet gotten into suara which is uh the tv show what we do in the shadows which unfortunately for me just wrapped its fifth season over the summer i just watched all of it with my <laughs> wife over the last wow. like two three weeks um it's 10 episodes a season they're five seasons in um if you saw the movie it's i think not basically none of the same characters but it's the same premise of vampire roommates living in the modern world so in this case it is uh, a married vampire couple and then a single vampire and then another single vampire who is an energy vampire specifically and he feeds by boring people um so he like has an office job and is just the most dry and terrible person you've ever interacted with. And that's how he saps your energy. Um, but it's a comedy. It's um, really good. One of the, Oh, and one of the main characters is uh, the familiar of one of the vampires who just kind of is like their caretaker um, for all of them, even though he only works for one of them. Technically uh, Matt Berry's in it. Um, and if you like Matt Berry, he does his Matt Berry thing in this. Um, is the best way I can explain it. Uh, and yeah, it's just a very like charming, light, fast, funny show. Um, like doesn't shy away from like bigger moments, but like ultimately it's a comedy and that's kind of what I needed. Um, and so I'm glad that I took the time to watch it. I believe there's a season six already slated, but, uh, with strikes and all of that stuff, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. I would say if you want something fun to watch, it's worth it. It's on Hulu and, I think maybe HBO Max. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, yeah, have you guys yeah, watched the movie on, or the show? It, yeah, it's on Hulu. It's definitely not on HBO Max or Max. I just okay. Yeah. yeah, I've only watched scenes from it. Um, I just know like Harvey Guillen is, you know, and he's has, great. Like he's a fantastic actor and voice actor. Like he's uber talented. So when I watch the show, I can't wait to watch it for him. Yeah, he's really good. He plays uh, Guillermo the Familiar. Um, and then actually there's... Uh, um, okay, so there's Guillermo, there's uh, Laszlo and Nadja, um, who are, I think, British and Greek. And then 
I need to look it up. There's a character named Nandor, and I cannot remember where he said he's from, and I don't know if it's an actual historic kingdom or um, if it's just, like, supposed to be, like, a vague fantasy uh, Swana region, like, country that he's from. Oh, he's from Iran. Um, yeah. Okay, He yeah, he, there's, like, a specific kingdom that he names. But, yeah, I was like, because I, I, at one point there's somebody says something about like how it's clearly him in an old painting. And he's like, no, it's not. They're like, that's it's Persian Frank Zappa. And he's like, listen, right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> From like Persian empire like, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, but it's, it's a really fun show. It um, weirdly enough for as much as it plays with vampire mythology, it's also like kind of consistent. Um, like it sets up the rules of its universe and it doesn't really break them, um, which with a comedy, I think you would maybe expect a little bit more to like not take it as seriously. But um, watching all of it, like in very quick succession, it was like, nope, this is consistent logic throughout. Like, I don't really see anything where it was like broken or where I would like get nitpicky with it. Um, which for me is always a selling point. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm going to check it out, especially if you, you know, went through all of it. Yeah. yeah it's i mean it was one that we like literally could just put on and watch like four episodes in a row and be like yeah. do we do we keep going yeah and it, i feel like shows that. like that are few and far between for sure especially these days yeah give it to me right uh, I, I'll, I'll keep it on that, that vein i guess for one of my last ones um i just realized today that and i haven't even seen it because life's been so crazy but lower deck season four the oh cool. yeah so uh, good episode 10 comes out today and uh, I reviewed, <clears throat> I think up to like episode seven or eight for for the for the site um, when they dropped in screeners, and it's great. It's so good. This show is so good. If you like Star Trek, if you like animation, if you like characters who grow and laugh together in comedic nature, but also like hits on all the great things that you love about Star Trek, you should be watching Lower Decks. I think it's a great form of Trek in a really fun uh, medium to to tell the stories that they tell. And Cerritos might be one of my favorite. Uh, crews of all star trek and i think a lot of that has to do with how well they've really maintained these characters over four seasons which is a crazy thing four seasons of star trek uh, of anything with all the cancellations that that's that franchise has had oh the yeah that's that that's impressive the, the fact that they're able to keep this going and still have it be so fresh and authentic i think is a real testament to how great the show is and how much you should be watching it if you're a a Star Trek fan, sci-fi fan, animation fan, everything in between there. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to... I, I admittedly have not started it, but I feel like so I've heard good. nothing but good things about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. The characters are are fantastic. And if you're a reference junkie, you know, there's more yeah. than more than you can shake a stick at. And if you don't know, it doesn't matter because they're just telling jokes. So it's okay. Nice. All right. Never also, watch Voyager. I, they got you. No worries. Oh, yeah. It, what... Um, because every every single Star Trek is on a single service at this point, which is great. Uh, right? yeah. yes. Or, or are they split out? All of them except for um Prodigy, which you know had its own okay, you know yeah. debacle. But it is like getting a home. I think on Netflix, and like the next season will be coming out. Net- season two will be coming out on Netflix. Uh, which is like. Also, like, we that one's weird because that was also a co Nickelodeon production. So, I'm also like, why isn't this on Nickelodeon proper? And you know, yeah. like, you know, you'd get the views there and then it could come onto the service. So, it's just like, like I, we said at the beginning, these streaming people don't really think everything through. I just, no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I had to look it up. Uh, the the what we do in the shadows, uh, Iranian vampire. He the kingdom name that he gives is fictional. It's um Al Khalnadar, but apparently it's based on an yeah, actual sounds, Persian. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds very Farsi, like that word right there. So yeah, yeah. I, I looked it up, and it, people are like, it's based on the because he says how old he is, and they're like, it's based on this actual historic kingdom. For whatever reason, they just didn't want to use that name. Mm-hmm probably to give them a little bit more flexibility sure. with what they say about him. But yeah. um, even that is like, that's cool. That's like a lot of respect for the character and the history and the people and what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. But yeah. I feel like that, like, honestly, we're kind of wrapping up the last, the last big thing that I had was offline hobbies, um, which is just something that I would encourage everyone to have because it's <laughs> nice to have things that you do where you're not near, you know, the internet and you can just like 
enjoy what you're doing and not think about whatever it is that you're going to see when you open up Twitter because you're on your phone and of course you're going to open up Twitter. Uh, again, I'm just probably projecting, but yeah. So for me, it's like I, you know, have music stuff that I do, repairing sound equipment. Um, I have two Game Boys on my desk that I'm supposed to be customizing for a friend. Uh, but yeah, having offline hobbies is probably the last thing that I'm going to say I'm really enjoying right now. Good, man. I'm glad you're having some offline hobbies. I need to. You got, Adrian, I, if I, you I don't need, have one, you got to get one. It's just been uh, capitalism sucks. I know yeah. you talked about it a bunch, but capitalism sucks. And I've just been working so much and I just don't have. I saw this TikTok a couple of weeks, a couple months ago that was like, the older you get, the less time belongs to you. Because uh, you're always having to put your time to work or put your time into your significant other or put time into family or put time into mm-hmm. your hobbies or things like that. And I just felt that so much lately where these last, I mean, even, even today, I, I, I went to work, came home, started working on a review, hopped on here. After I'm done here, go finish that review. And then by that time, it'll be time to go to bed. Then I, nothing yeah. I did today was of my own, like, want. And yeah, it's just so hard. It's just so hard. Definitely. That's very relatable. I mean, yeah, I, I got home from work. I sat on the couch for like 20 minutes and then I hopped on this call. Yeah. Yeah. So not I mean, that I don't was... love what we're doing. I no, no, do. of course. That's definitely not like what definitely don't want it to make it yeah, seem like exactly. that at all. I very, very, very much enjoy talking to you guys. Um, if anything, this is a reprieve from all of the totally. other things. Yeah, totally. This is a lot, a lot more relaxing and reminds me of like oh yes i do need to this this thing i have is something i need to look forward to yeah so, and uh, the, the, yeah there's things you enjoy things that you're anticipating like yeah. for all of the terrible things going on there are still parts of this world that are good yeah. and enjoyable and it's important yeah. to not lose sight of that absolutely yeah, for sure. uh in terms of offline activities for me it's honestly going to the gym i, I don't mean to sound like so much of a okay. doc right there but no i sh- i should do that too <laughs> i just don't no, it, it just like it's so nice and stress relieving. Uh, you know, I listen to a good podcast, work with a personal trainer. Also, like not to brag, but the gym we go to, it has a sauna and a steam room, which is ooh, all right, amazing. And showers, like, are very nice showers. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, just like really enjoying that. Um, I'm gonna switch gears and like just talk about, you know, sometimes like. No, Adrian, what you were talking about earlier, just like, you know, when we're so high strong, we have like so much we need to do. And then I'm going to relate to another online activity. So I'm just going to say this. Watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. It's so wonderfully stupid. And just the best stress reliever where like it's nostalgic, where you're like, you know, you're any Abridged series on YouTube whether that's Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge, D- Dragon Ball Z abridged. They're just like, again, nostalgic. You know so much about this world, but it just makes fun of the world, or the series that you love with such love and how it's making fun of it. And it's mm-hmm. just so great. And just pointing out the sheer absurdities of in Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge of such drama over a children's card game. <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah, I I just love it so much. The abridged. I've only watched and read so much Yu-Gi-Oh. Another thing that you can read on Shonen Jump, Um, but it is funny when every now and then you have to pull back and remind yourself, like this is literally about a manufactured card game. Watch Yu-Gi-Oh abridged. It's just the best. I I will check it out. I when I read when I was in junior high. My girlfriend got me a subscription to Shonen Jump, like the physical magazine. Uh, and one of the things in there that I remember reading is a weird Yu-Gi-Oh! like series or arc or whatever, where they were transported back in time to ancient Egypt. Does that sound familiar? Yes, yes, absolutely. I've watched yeah, it was yeah, that. Yeah. And I remember being like, this is absurd, but also I love it. <laughs> like, it was still very good. Um, but so yeah, good. I think that's that's all I've got for this week. Are you guys you good? You want to wrap it up and get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. So All we right. Have time to ourselves and enjoy. That's what we're what we're here for. Exactly. Let's go enjoy the things. I was I normally ask for like recommendations and all that, but we just did a bunch of that. So <laughs> what, what I will ask is, are there any articles or anything on but why though that you want people to go check out? Uh I'm currently in the process of um reviewing UFC five. Uh there isn't very many combat sports games out there, but it's it's pretty good. 
pretty good. If you All haven't right. played any, and if you have four, maybe don't get this one. But you know, still, still good, still fun. See my thoughts on the site. All right, and Suara. Yeah, I got a couple of things. So for the website for Boat Why though, I finally <laughs> reviewed the Persian version from writer director Maryam Kashavars. I love this film so much. Uh, please see it in theaters if you can. Uh, I also um, interviewed uh, Mariam Keshavars for my podcast, The Middle Geeks, uh, so you can check that out. By the time this episode is out, we should ha- also have another uh, episode on our podcast. Speaking with Palestinian-American author uh, Hannah Mushabek, she's, she's written the children's book Homeland, My Father Dreams of Palestine. If you have kids, I highly recommend this as well for them. Uh, we had a really great conversation with Hannah about you know everything going on and how she's processing it. So very excited for people to listen to that. And also, you know, for yeah. our podcast, we'll be coming out with a review soon for the Marvels, which I will also be reviewing for the new Arab. Um, you know, I'm a, y'all can see my, the Miss Marvel poster yes. in the background. I'm a huge fan of hers and watching it mainly for her, uh, going into this movie with tempered expectations. However, especially with the, recent track record of the mcu so stay tuned for all of that and uh i hope i'm not too much of a bummer but you know we talked about things we love and enjoy in this episode so please check out all of that everything i mentioned and i guess i'll just also plug my social media i'm at wherever whatever platform you're on at spider swars so check me out there wherever it is (laughs) all right cool uh and adrian where can people find you online assuming that you want to be found (laughs) Yeah, you can find me online pretty much anywhere at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. All right, uh, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at MostAlwaysAlex. I'm probably going to be leaving there soon. I should probably set up like an official Instagram, not my you know private personal one. Uh, but beyond that, if you liked what you heard here and you want more, you are in luck. We are basically everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, we got a Discord. We have a Patreon. If you want to throw us a few bucks and help us keep the site going and keep us doing what we do, it would be very appreciated. Um, like, comment, subscribe, all those engagement things. We would love to see you uh, show up for that. Um, but thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. 